Welcome into the Producer Podcast. My name is Kevin Kistner. I'll be riding solo with you guys today. And there's a couple of topics I really want to hit on. And the first one is about a guy who used to play here in Colorado. Actually, they're both about guys who played here in Colorado. But the first topic is this whole Nolan Arenado thing. And he comes back, you know, with the Cardinals and plays at Coors Field again. And a lot of people just really criticizing him. And including a lot of the guys here at the fan, you know, Stokely doesn't like him and he'll boo him. And Merrillag kind of went after him uh, earlier today on Stokely and Zach filling in for Stoke. And, you know, D-Mac's been very loud about it of, of not liking Nolan Arenado for his decision to leave the Rockies. And, you know, my thing is I don't blame Nolan. Now, look, Nolan, in my opinion, is one of the greatest Rockies of all time. We can all agree on that. In my opinion, he's the greatest third baseman ever. He's definitely the greatest fielding third baseman ever. But this is a guy who lifted the Rockies and helped them get to the playoffs. And I get it. I get it. His playoff numbers are not great. I understand that. And the last time he was here with the Rockies and they were in the playoffs, they get swept by the Brewers. But don't re- don't forget everyone's bat was not working. Nobody's bat was working in that playoff series. I think they scored like two or three runs in the entire series against Milwaukee in the divisional round. And so, I look, I get it. But you got to understand that the Rockies have had great talent here. They just can't win. And the reason for that is for multiple things. They refuse to put the money in the right spots. Well, for a while, they didn't want to spend the money. But now that they are spending the money, but they're still not spending the money in in good investments. They're not investing in good players. They're going out. Every time you watch them, they'll, you'll see a report. Oh, the Rockies are signing so-and-so from, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's like, oh, cool, a left-handed reliever with a 5.6 ERA. It, you know, it, there's a lot of these guys that come in with four or five ERAs, and you're like, well, why are you – why are we signing you when your numbers show that you're not a very good pitcher in the big leagues? So going back to the Nolan Arnato thing, a lot of people want to criticize him. Oh, he's a piece of crap for up and leaving. He, he wanted out. He forced his way out. No. Let, let me put it this way, guys. This is a guy who spent a number of years here trying to get this team to the mountaintop and put did nothing but play great for the Rockies. Winning gold gloves every single year. Winning silver sluggers. Defensive player of the years. You know, and and he put this team back on the map. He was on a, a human highlight reel. And the Rockies, teams looked at the Rockies like, oh, I can't hit down third baseline. Like, there was a staple there. But the Rockies didn't want to help him out. And it was Jeff Breidich's fault, really. That's what it really came down to. Look, I get Nolan went and signed that eight or nine year contract extension and I was thrilled yes boom because don't forget there were some guys on the station that were requesting you say hey we got to trade Nolan the team's not going to be any good you got to trade your best asset I get that but they weren't that bad yet at that time and Nolan comes in and you give him that big extension and you're thinking man we got this guy for he's gonna spend the rest of his career here but don't forget Jeff Breidich is the one who put the no-trade clause, or I'm, I'm sorry, not the no-trade clause, he put a, an, a player option 
after the third year or entering the third year of that contract. So after two or three years, he was able to get out of that deal if he wanted to. Jeff Breidich gave Nolan the chance anytime he wanted to opt out and be a free agent. That was Jeff Breidich's idea. That wasn't Nolan's. Nolan didn't fight for that. But everyone wants to criticize Nolan. Nolan gave this team everything he had day in and day out. And Nolan was a guy who wanted to be here. He made it known he wanted to stay here because he knew his numbers offensively were going to be great, but he was a great defensive guy. If he was to continue playing here, he would still be the greatest third baseman of all time. But the Rockies pissed him off. Jeff Breidich went to him saying, hey, I know our team's struggling, but you need to be the leader. You need to improve your leadership skills. Are you kidding me? You're going to go up to the best third baseman in baseball, one of the best players of all time, and tell him he's got to be better? No. Mr. Jeff Breidich, how about you fix your job and why don't you be better and go talk to your your owner, uh, Dick Monfort, and get some more money and why don't you find the right way to spend that money on the right players? This is the same idiot who went out and traded Troy Tulowitzki because of the same crap. Nolan Arenado figured out that he was not going to be able to be here to win a uh, World Series. He was not going to win a championship here in Colorado because you have a boneheaded general manager and a bad owner that doesn't care about baseball. It's that simple, guys. You, J- Nolan wanted to win here, but he found out that he's got to be a better person, a better player after being an MVP candidate. So Jeff Breidich tells him, you got to be better. No, screw that. I'm with Nolan there. But don't don't give me this thing this crap of well Nolan should have known better that before he signed that deal he shouldn't have signed the deal if he wanted out come on give me a break Je- Jeff Breidich messed this whole thing up and Nolan what if Nolan was promised what if Jeff Breidich went to Nolan and said Nolan I promise you we will do everything we can to make this team better I promise we will spend the money we will get the right players. Because guess what? You probably could have went and got out a really good pitcher. You probably could have. I'm not saying you're gonna go get you're gonna go get Jacob DeGrom or something like that, but I'm sure you could have pulled some strings and got a really good pitcher or two. I think you could have. You did it with the bullpen for one year, and then they fell off the face of the earth the second time around with those top three pitchers. But guess what? Go do it again. Go swing the bat again and get another three three great relievers. Because you had the chance. You spent the money. You did good for one year, but then it fell off. Go do it again. Go find three more. It's not that difficult in baseball to how of what you need to know to rebuild a team. It's not that difficult. But Jeff Breidich refused to do that. So then when Nolan says, I'm done, I want out, why are you going to criticize that guy? Why are you going to hurt Nolan Arenado for that? Why does he deserve why does he deserve to be punished? All he wanted to do is win. He made that clear when he signed the extension here. He could have went to free agency and said, I'm not going to sign there. He could have went to the Yankees and got a and got a three hundred million dollar deal. He could have went to the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Angels. He could have went anywhere he, he wanted. But he's 
chose to stay with the Rockies. That's that's some willpower. But Jeff probably just did, screwed it up. And guess what? It's the same thing that happened with Tulowitzki. A lot of people want to hate on Tulowitzki, too. You can't hate on Tulo. Tulo was the same player Nolan is. The same mindset. I want to win. All I want to do is win. And that year, in the same year, the Rockies went out and signed Tulo to a big deal, over $100 million, and they signed Carlos, they signed Carlos Gonzalez to another $100 million deal. You have two foundational pieces here. Let's go. You got two of the best players in baseball. Let's go. And guess what? You pissed off Tulo. Because guess who? Jeff Breidich. You can make the argument. I can't believe I'm saying this. But you can imagine a a period where the the Rockies did not have Jeff Breidich as their general manager for a couple of years. You probably keep Tulo longer. He probably helps you get to the playoffs. You probably don't have to. You you probably still have Nolan Arenado here. You probably have DJ freaking LeMahieu here at second base. Remember that infield? Nolan, Tulo, LeMahieu, and for a while it was Helton. How are you going to get a ball through that infield? Tulo wanted to win, and the Rockies told him no. They, they, he, Tulo was ahead of Nolan's time. Tulo was in the same boat as Nolan. Wanted to win here, signed the big extension, but guess what? Like, again, Tulo could have went and signed a, a $200 million deal with the Yankees, probably. His favorite team growing up. He could have been Derek Jeter's replacement. But guess what? He stayed loyal to the Rockies. But the Rockies didn't want to help out again. That's the sad thing. You can't hate on Nolan Arnato and Tulowitzki. You cannot hate on those guys. What do you want to hate on them for? They didn't want to be here. You know why? Because they didn't have a chance to win. I get if guys want to be loyal. But at some point, at what point of of winning is more important than being loyal? You want to go win a ring. You don't think those guys sat here and said, I want to win a ring with the Rockies, but if they're going to refuse to not let us win, then we're going to go somewhere else to where I can compete. And Tulo went and competed. He went to the Blue Jays and ended up in the playoffs for a couple years. Nolan's going to go with the, he's with the Cardinals. They were in the playoffs last year. They'll probably make the playoffs this year. They'll make the playoffs more often than not with, with Nolan than the Rockies will. Think about that. So when we want to hate on Nolan and boo him for coming to town, I love my guys here at the station, but yo, you got to understand where he's coming from. Was he texting Adam Wainwright? Of course. Guys talk across the league all the time. It's not a big deal. Okay? What you what the guys you do want to hate on are like LeBron James because he couldn't win in in Cleveland. They tried, but he couldn't win. So he joined a super team. That's what we hate about the NBA is the super teams. Kevin Durant couldn't win with Oklahoma City with James Harden and Russell Westbrook at that time. So what did he do? He quit on them and go join the super a super team. Nolan Arnauto and Tulowitzki didn't do that. They said, get me out of here so I can go win. Because your organization refuses to win. 
They don't want to win. I mean, how bad is it when your owner comes out to talk to the media last year and say, we will never sign big-name free agent pitchers? Now, every pitcher that's getting ready to get paid has already marked off the Rockies. You might be able to convince some guys. You might be able to. But you just shut the door on that. You're not even going to open the door. What if, just what if, I'm throwing a scenario. What if Jacob DeGrom was like, man, I can, I really like those Rockies jerseys. I love the Mile High City. I like, I like to hunt and fish. You know, I, I'm best friends with Charlie Blackman. You know, maybe I would love to come to, maybe I, I could pitch at, the, at Coors Field. What if, that, what if that scenario happened? He would be like, yeah, I'm down. But the door's shut. He can't get through that door because Jeff Breidich, or I'm sorry, Dick Monfort, closed the door, locked the key, and tossed the key into the river. And it faded away. That's how bad it's been. That's how bad it is for the Rockies now. So when I'm not going to spend a dollar at Coors Field, I'm not going to spend a dollar on a Rockies ticket because of who's running the show. The Rockies refuse to look outside to hire uh, another general manager. They refuse to interview anyone from the outside. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays have won 13 games in a row to start the season, 13-0. and 0. They've been in the playoffs four straight years now. And they have a their 27th in payroll. And look, payroll means something and doesn't mean something. Payroll means, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers could go buy every player. Okay, but are you buying the right players? You know, the the Rockies went out and spent $177 million this year in payroll. They didn't put it on the right players. And that's why they're going to struggle again this year. You look at the Rays. They spent. They don't have the biggest payroll. They don't make that most money, but guess what? They put money where they needed to put money, and it's working out for them. You know, and will they win the World Series? I don't know, but right now they, they're the best team in baseball for a reason, and they're doing it right. So when I look at Nolan Arnauto, stop hating on him. Stop hating on Tulo. Those guys wanted to win. They didn't get the chance to do it here in Denver because of the ownership, and front office. It's that simple. Another guy who did win here in Denver was Mr. John Elway. John Elway, we would not have three Lombardi trophies here if it wasn't for John Elway. And he recently announced that he is not resigned, but stepping away from the team. I mean, his contract expired. Okay, I, I, had, knew, I had known for a while that he was getting – he had another one-year deal left, another one year on his current deal with the Broncos, and he had to be a consultant. And that was already planned, guys. Trust me. It was not like they just brought him back. No, it was already signed, guaranteed, after he moved on to George Payton. But I want to go back and look at the, the history and the career of John Elway and what he actually really meant to the state of Colorado. I mean, without John Elway, the Broncos don't win three Super Bowls. It's that simple. Without John Elway, the Broncos might not even be an organization here in town anymore. They might have packed up and moved elsewhere. You know, I mean, in in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, I mean, he came here in 83. Well, right before that, the Broncos were awful. 
they'd been to one Super Bowl with Craig Morton and lost to the Cowboys. You know, that was the Orange Crush year in 77. But realistically, the Broncos barely had winning seasons. They were they are what the Broncos are right now. They, they they're awful, right? That's who the Broncos were. But who's not to say in maybe the eighties that hey, Pat Bowen's like, man, we can't find a quarterback. We can't win. Maybe Pat Bowen doesn't even buy the team at that time. And maybe they just move the team to LA. Maybe they move them to, I don't know, City X, Salt Lake, you know, <laughs> San Antonio. I don't know. I'm just naming city, random cities around here in Denver. But what if, you know, what if that happened? John Elway comes in. A few years later, he, you know, he wins, he gets the Broncos a few Super Bowls. And, and, and I get it. They lost big in those Super Bowls. But Elway went to five Super Bowls by the time he retired. One, two, obviously, the backs-backs, 98-99. But what if he doesn't win those? I mean, he's going down as the greatest quarterback to never win one. When we all think of Dan Marino, what do we think? Great quarterback, Hall of Famer, never won one. So we never consider him one of the greatest of all times. We never consider him a GOAT with Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, John Elway, Joe Montana. We don't consider that. Dan Marino up there. Same with Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly went to four straight, never won it. But John Elway's legacy here in Denver and in Colorado, I've always told people, he's the god of Colorado. Without John Elway, I don't know if anyone knows who Denver is. I don't know if we get a hockey team here in town. I don't know what happens. Are the Nuggets staying here? I don't know. But John Elway's presence made the city and the state better than it was. And he made football fun. I mean, we've all got stories of our parents or our grandparents or aunts and uncles or family members or friends that went to those games. And they remember the history of John Elway. You know, in, in, you, you see in America's game when they're they're talking about the great comebacks of John Elway and Every fourth quarter you knew is Elway, Elway. You see that one guy chanting Elway, Elway. Because they knew the Broncos were never out of it with John Elway quarterback. In that fourth quarter, he was missed. He was the greatest. I'm not gonna you're not gonna find a better quarterback in the fourth quarter than John Elway, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but I'm just saying if I need, if I want the ball in somebody's hand in the fourth quarter, I'm picking John Elway. Over anybody, and that's including Peyton Manning, and I'm the biggest Peyton Manning fan ever. But I want to talk about his ex- executive career. So he comes in right after he wanted Josh McDaniels gone. Everyone wanted McDaniels gone. Elway was making sure of it because right after that, he came into the front office as an exec. And he wasn't didn't quote unquote have the general manager title, quite frankly, at that time. I think it was still Brian Sanders. But his first overall pick. So what did he? What did John Elway have to do? His first job was going out and finding the right coach. He went out and found John Fox. Great hire. For four years, John Fox was a great head coach. He might be the second or third greatest coach in Broncos history. You can make the argument. Took him to a Super Bowl. Had the greatest offense of all time. One with Tim Tebow. Crazy to think about, right? Never had a losing season with the Broncos. How many quarter? How many uh, Bronco coaches had have had 
have not had a losing season. Is it Gary Kubiak and John Fox? Both went to Super Bowls. Kubiak won his. But John Elway went out and had to find the right coach. He needed a grown-up in the room. And he found John Fox. Great hire. But then he had to deal with the Tim Tebow year, which we all know that's kind of from a front office role, from a John Elway role. It was, let's just get through the year. Andrew Luck's coming out. We're going to put Tebow in, maybe tank, and see if we end up with that first overall pick. Always a Stanford guy. Andrew Luck's a Stanford guy. We'll see what happens. Well, Tim Tebow has Jesus on his side and goes and wins a playoff game. First pick of the first overall pick is not going to happen. But then he went out and did something that no other general manager was able to do. And no other general manager could have been with the Broncos and done what he did. And that was Land Peyton Manning, the greatest free agent signing in NFL history. Think about that. He went out and he didn't recruit Peyton Manning. He went out and talked to Peyton, said, hey, man, I know what it's like to win in my late 30s. I know how to win the Super Bowl. I know what you're going through. Here's the roster we have. Here's the the plan we have moving forward. We want you to be a part of it, but take your time. What did every other team during that free agency period do? They tried to recruit Peyton. Peyton, you can have whatever you want. Titans are going to give him ownership. You know? Crazy to think about, right? But John Elway played his cards right. Everyone else busted on the dealer. John Elway didn't. He had he had a you know a full house. He was ready to go. Just let me tell me when to flip my cards over because I'm going to beat the I'm going to beat everyone at this poker table. I don't know if, I don't even know if my poker references right there made any sense, but you guys all know what I'm talking about. So he goes out and signs Peyton Manning. That's a victory. And for four straight years, it was the most fun Broncos country has had. Since 1998-99, when the Broncos won those two Super Bowls. That was the most fun Broncos country has ever had. New jerseys, the stadium's all wearing orange. We're on primetime TV every, every other night, it felt like. And then he went and put together the greatest offensive ever. You guys got to remember what kind of free agency really got kicked into another gear because of Peyton Manning and John Elway. John Elway was like, hey, we have salary cap. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Why can't we just why can't we just go get these free agents? He went out and brought in Stokely. He went out and got Jacob Tammy, Joel Dreesen. He went out and got players that Peyton wanted. He went out and, and they weren't just bad players. They were really good players. Players that made impacts. He went out and got them. Then in 2013. He went out and got Wes Welker. In my opinion, the second greatest slot receiver ever. I think it goes to Stokely. That's an argument for a different day. Because Stokely defined the position. And then they get to the AFC Championship. They beat the Patriots. Heard a keep to leave. Quote, unquote, intentionally, according to Bill Belichick. But he put together the greatest offense of all time. John Elway did that. He had the right coaches in place. He had the right game plans um, from up top all the way to the bottom. They get blown out by Seattle. But what does John Elway need to do? Shoot, man, we got to get better on defense. We have the 22nd ranked defense. 
we got to improve. I just saw what Seattle did with their base legendary best defense. Let's let, let me go put one of them together. And John Elway went out and, and first thing he did was sign TJ Ward. Then he signed Keep Talib. He was going to sign Jared Allen. Gave that same contract to DeMarcus Ware after the Cowboys released DeMarcus Ware. Give me a better offseason in NFL history than that. Because then they then, then they went out and got Emmanuel Sanders. For no money. <laughs> DeMarcus Ware, Hall of Famer. Aqib Tlaib, borderline Hall of Famer. I would put him in. TJ Ward, Pro Bowler. Emmanuel Sanders, breakout star. From the receiver's position. Find me a better offseason in NFL history than that. Because you can't. Those guys came in, and I truly believe 2014 was the greatest. It was the most talented football team possibly in NFL history. And I truly believe that. But they didn't win because the coaches were on their way out. And John Elway was ready to make a move. He was ready to fire John Fox after Super Bowl uh, 43. No, 48, 48. He was ready to. He wanted to bring in Gary Kubiak then. But Kubiak wasn't ready to be a head coach. He spent that 2014 year in Baltimore as the OC. And John Elway knew if the Broncos don't win this year, the clock is ticking. We have to win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So he went out and had to make a decision. Rumors, obviously reports come out right before the game. John Fox is going to Chicago if they lose. Del Rio is going to to Oakland at the time. And Adam Gase, everyone thought Adam Gase was the hot coach going to leave. He didn't take any of those interviews during the bye week of the, of the playoffs. He stayed true to the Broncos and Peyton. Then they lose. They get embarrassed by the Colts at home. So what did John Elway do? He went out and find the perfect coach that can get this team over the top and win a Super Bowl. And sure enough, it worked. Because that head coach was Gary Kubiak, who had been to plenty of Super Bowls in his career. I think he had been to seven or eight, I think seven at that time, at, before Super Bowl 50. But John Elway's the guy who went out and got him. As an executive, everything John Elway touched was amazing. In my opinion, he was the best GM from 2012 to 2015. He was the be- he was the GOAT. And guess what, John? Probably should have retired after 50. After Super Bowl 50, he probably should have walked away. But I get it. He's a competitor, and he didn't want to. Because Kubiak has come back. Hey, we're going to go back-to-back. Except this time, it wasn't without the greatest quarterback of all time. It was with the seventh-round pick. Trevor Simeon, with the hope that Paxton Lynch would break in. It wasn't the case. Now, they did go 9-7, and seven, last winning season for the Broncos, but Kubiak stepped down. And I had known it for a month and a half that it was going to happen, that he was stepping down. Schefter said he had it for a week. I had it for like a month and a half, and I had to sit on it. But my thing, at the end of the day, John Elway, at that moment, was the best GM in football, in my opinion. A lot of people want to say Ozzie Newsome up in Baltimore. Fine. You know, you want to make that argument, you can make that argument. Bill Belichick, you want to make that argument, you can make that argument. But there was a 10-year gap where the 
Patriots and get to a Super Bowl. Remember that. But then it became after Gary Kubiak stepped away. That's when the dominoes started fall to fall for John Elway. And I get it. He went out and hired Vance Joseph. Well, at that time, you could have had Kyle Shanahan. You could have had McVay. You could have had those two guys. You chose not to. You wanted Vance Joseph because you wanted him to be your defense coordinator instead of Wade Phillips the year before or two years before. You didn't want to pay Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips wanted to be the highest-paid defense coordinator in football. You didn't want to do that. That's a mistake. You hired Vance Joseph. That was a mistake. You drafted Paxton Lynch. That was a mistake. You didn't give Vance Joseph control of the team. That was a mistake. You then fire Vance. You go get him Case Keenum. That was a mistake. You, you hired Big Fangio. That was a mistake. You started losing the locker room. That was a mistake. And what you really should have done after Super Bowl 50 is just rebuild. Or after 16, if you thought you could go one more year with the great defense and everyone in place, with Gary Kubiak leading the way, I get it. You could have had a great year. In fact, you had a, probably the best year you could have had. But you can't reboot. You got to rebuild. And in 17 is when they should have fully rebuilt. Blown the whole thing up, traded players, got draft picks, and moved on. I know that, and but John Elway was never that guy, and I get that. But you got to at some point understand, hey, maybe this is the time I'm going to leave. Kubiak's walking out, my best friend. I'm going to walk out too. I'm going to rebuild. I'll let the next general manager come in and rebuild this team. But John loves football. John's a competitor, and I agree with that. I'm glad he was because we wouldn't have three Super Bowls without that mentality. But you hired Vance Joseph. That was a disaster. And then you needed an adult in the locker room, and you hired Vic Fangio. That was a disaster. You never gave those guys a good good enough quarterbacks. You tried every different quarterback angle, but you found guys that weren't there anymore. You you went out and got a washed-up Joe Flacco, who won a Super Bowl because of a Really good defense. Had the best postseason, arguably from a quarterback standpoint. But he shouldn't have won because you your safety that you drafted let the ball get over his head. <laughs> you know, there's so many different angles that we can criticize John Elway for. And trust me, I was the guy calling for Elway's job. I think it was in 20, God, it might have been 2020, 2021. I mean, 2019, it was somewhere in there. I wrote an article here for the fan. Said it's time to fire Elway if they go 0-4. They were 0-4 to start that year. You got to fire him, but no one wanted to be fired, John Elway. But what Joe Ellis should have done, and Joe Ellis, don't don't forget. Okay, here's what Joe Ellis should have done. John, I'm firing you, but I'm not going to tell the media that you're going to resign. And then you resign and and away you go. But what John tried to do in 2018 He tried to hire Mike Shanahan. The plan was Mike Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. That was the plan. But you chose not to because Joe Ellis got in the way. Joe Ellis is the one who nicked that plan. That's a bad thing. That's a bad front office move. But, hey, what what, what can you say? You know, Joe Ellis deserves a lot of 
I don't want to say disrespect, but he deserves a lot of criticism. That's the word I'm looking for, criticism. John Elway had plans. Joe Ellis stopped a lot of them. So that that's a big issue. But, hey, when we look back, let's look at the best stuff from John Elway. Remember the player. I mean, it was a sad day when I read that, that tweet from Mike Kliss. Elway's done. I had to write about it. And it was when I was done, it was kind of like I wasn't in tears, but it was kind of like, damn, this is an end of an era. John's walking away. John's done. He's not going to get a paycheck from the Broncos anymore. That's weird to think about because my whole media career, Jen, John L, I've been having, I've had the privilege to cover John Elway. How cool is that? I grew up with his posters in my room, and now I'm at training camp and he's walking by. And I'm saying hi. I don't know if he knows me, <laughs> but it's cool to like, man. There's there's my hero growing up when I was a kid. Turned over, oh, there's Peyton Manning. That's my other hero. My hero signed my hero. Think about that from my standpoint. It's, I'm, I'm lucky. I know it's cheesy, but that's that's how I felt. But the Broncos are not the Broncos. They're not without John Elway. So on that note, we're 33 minutes in. I got to go do another podcast elsewhere. But I just want to say, leave Nolan alone. Leave Tulo alone. And let's remember John Elway for the good, not for the bad. This is the Producer Podcast. My name is Kevin Kistner. We'll talk to you next time.